Hello and welcome to the Unqualified Huddle. Week one, it's happened. NFL is back. How exciting. I'm excited, as you can tell. What an exciting week of football it was. It actually was. It actually was. It's not even like one of those, what an exciting week. You know, just just the cliche. It actually was. I I remember, yeah, I was texting you guys last night. I'm just so happy the NFL is back. Or was it this morning? I can't remember. It's all a blur. And it's just... It doesn't matter if our team suck, because my team definitely does. Um, <laughs> or your fantasy team sucks. Or your fantasy team sucks. It's Sam. not been a good week, right? It's week one. Um, but, like, just the amount of close games, the amount of games all happening at once, red zone, it was just mayhem. mayhem. Se- seven hours of advert-free football. Oh, it, it, was, <laughs> it was glorious. It, it, and like you say, it's been a very exciting week. Some of the games you just don't expect to, to end how they did. Let's talk about one of them quickly. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Hmm. What hmm. in the hell happened? Long <laughs> snappers are people too. <laughs> this wow, will be, who, this will be uh, the trend now. This will be a trend. They'll, they'll be having people on their roster practicing long snapping. Like you'll have you'll not only will you have the long snapper, you'll have a backup option, a tight end, a linebacker, someone else doing the long snapping training, surely. Well, we saw not to get away from this game, but we saw in Kansas City when Harrison Booker got out, the kicker, they had a ready made replacement born <laughs> to be a kicker. Reed stepped in seamlessly. Uh but yeah, it, with it, with the Bengals uh, Steelers, it was I couldn't believe what I was watching. I initially saw the scores come up. And I was, hold on, what's going on? I thought this was going to be a bit of a stinker. And then he turned in and the Bengals struggled. They, they had a bit of a bit of they, a comeback. But they had was, a stinker. They had a stinker. Joe Burrow, four interceptions, two fumbles. Like, what is going on? It, the talk was he was the golden boy. He was the chosen one coming into it. Like, everyone was talking, this Bengals team could be a dynasty. And then he throws mm-hmm. up a dud like that. And it was really bad dud. Like, I never envisioned the Pittsburgh Steelers defense being top five in the league this year. It won't be anymore. There won't be anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But Joe Burrow made them look better than I thought they 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 are. Um and Cincinnati did. It's like watching Cincinnati from two years ago where you're thinking this isn't this isn't how you should be playing. The O line played worse with better players <laughs> than last year. How is that even possible? Well, you know, there's the continuity side of things. They have to gel together, get used to playing with each other. And also, the Steelers D-line... I'm not buying that. I'm just thinking the talent was just, like, not showing up. The Steelers D-line is also... Well, you know, until TJ Watt's injury and and Cam Hayward, we don't know what's happening with them. So, you know, all the best to them. But, like, while they were in, they were just dominating. And it's a phenomenal defensive line. I mean, but they played them last year, twice a year. And they weren't this bad. I didn't think so. How is it? I I got a question from the coaching again, but like this isn't like this isn't preseason anymore. And this like this is a Bengals team that have to live up to their billing, and I feel they're crumbling. I, I uh, feel. The, I feel the, so you know, Twitter's a Twitter's a can be a bit of an interesting thing. I don't know if you follow the Steelers and and the Bengals on there, but the Bengals were. On their bio, they said, "Who are who are they stealing anyway?" And I think um, the Steelers replied at the end of the game, saying, um, "Basically, all the picks. Basically, they're stealing <laughs> the ball." 
the football. That's, well, it, it it sounds like a win for the social media team, anyway. Yeah, well, uh, I was saying Unless this. Unless if you're the Bengals, I was saying this recently uh, that Zach Taylor was the favorite to to lose his job last year, and suddenly <laughs> the Bengals are a dynasty. And you have to question, um, obviously Joe Burrow, but I I don't trust the Cincinnati team. They are who I thought they were, and I picked the Baltimore Ravens to win this division. You did. You did very smartly. Me and Sham were both on the, the Cincinnati mm. Bengals hype train. We were on that Kool-Aid. <laughs> and I, and I, don't get me wrong, I do think this could be one of those situations, kind of like Green Bay last year, where they come out of the, the blocks poorly. They you know they start poorly. And like I said, it's a potential Super, Super Bowl hangover. We saw early in the week the LA Rams get a little bit uh, beaten and bruised by the uh, Bills. That's and this is another lady. example. It's another just example of like the team that was in the Super Bowl maybe thinking that, you know, they're better than what they are or maybe thinking that their talent is that much above who they're playing and they don't take their opponent too seriously or they, you know, just take it a little bit easier and then get punched in the mouth because of it. But I mean, the real issue here is, is to do with the kicking though at the end of the game because mm. both the Bengals and Pittsburgh, I think they had five chances to win the game before the game was actually won. The kicking was a disaster. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, the long snap is the main problem, right, for the Bengals, if, if you're looking at it. The least valuable player... I would say on the field is the long slapper or the least Not anymore. on the roster Not anymore. Not out anymore. of the 53 is the long snapper. But yeah, with every player matters and it shows. Yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, let's, but, let's but my, my one issue with this is now we have to wait uh, a while longer to see Kenny Pickett take the field because we all know Mitch Trubisky isn't the answer. Oh, well, that Steelers offense looked horrible. I think this speeds up to be honest with you. I, I think it might as well. I think that they'll get bored of this Mitch Trubisky. He has to show something, I feel, next week. Or potentially in week three, they could be thinking, well, actually, let's see what this kid's got. You know what? One one point to add on that. Mike Tomlin has never dealt with this quarterback transition ever uh, as a head coach. So for me, it also shows them splitting snaps in preseason has this impact. Other teams have felt it. We've drafted a lot of quarterbacks. Tomlin's experienced it for the first time, and I think he's just realised it's not a good thing. No. And no, he was let's... rotating three quarterbacks, not two. No. Let's move on anyway. Let's uh, let's talk about another team. Who do, who do you want to talk the, about? The Raiders and Chargers. We have to go there. Oh, exciting matchup. Very this was billed as the, the matchup of the week, really. And I, I think it lived up to the billing. The scoreline might suggest it wasn't... You know, a shootout, but but there were some plays made by both teams that make you made you realize this AFC West division is going to be tight. I don't, uh, I don't think it did live up because of the picks that Derek Carr just kept throwing. Three picks. I yeah. I didn't see that Raiders offense looking as exactly how I thought it would, like a powerhouse. When I, you I that many picks. I didn't rate this Raiders offense to be honest mm. with with the talent that they've got. I d- I don't think it showed, and I I I think in part. Car is a problem there, mm. and I, I don't think it'll be a problem for the rest of the season. Don't get me wrong, I think you know this could be week one jitters, 
But he was trying to force that ball to Devontae Adams a lot. 45% target share for Devontae <laughs> Adams. And it wasn't until later on in the match that they realised that Darren Waller is actually uh, a football player on their team. <laughs> and, and so he ended, I think, with four catches for a sentence. And, and Hunter yards. Renfro. Hunter Renfro is just an afterthought in this game. Mm. Three catches like, for 21 yards. Like, I'm, I'm not being funny. Like I, I appreciate that he's your best friend. However, he it isn't football's played with eleven men on each side of the ball. Try using some of like the other men. Darren James uh, before before the season was hyping up Hunter Renfro as an elite route runner. He didn't need they didn't need to do much covering of Renfro because <laughs> Derek Carr certainly didn't rate his route running clearly. I well, think like, I, I think one of the other aspects, like talking about disappointments, the Raiders registered zero sacks in the game. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if that's a disappointment because from I I watched and for me they were definitely getting pressures on the ball yep. and mm. they were definitely like especially Max Crosby was definitely causing some issues. He was he was the player uh, for the Raiders for me. He was visible even though he didn't get sacked. He was uh, disrupting that O line and Herbert. It seemed at one point almost every snap. It's it's just that for me Herbert is is showing he's that elite talent. Because he showed in the game, like he was able to avoid the pressure, get out of sacks. He he was slinging the ball downfield while having defenders climbing on him. You know, he was doing everything that you'd want from your gunslinging quarterback. And honestly, he looked he looked really good. His his throws into those tight spaces, Carter's touchdown, that was a laser. Like to get to mm. fit the ball into that gap was just phenomenal. But the, but there's a, there's a concern for me for this. Charges offense as well. As soon Second as he, half, right? Yeah. As soon, well, as soon as Allen came out of the game for me, then mm. it sort of went a little bit dead in the water. They could have regretted not not finishing the Raiders off because Derek Carr and the Raiders had a chance late into the match and before another pick. But Keenan Allen was absolutely on fire. Uh, he went out the game. They found other weapons, although Mike Williams really didn't get into the game or that we, we've kind of come to expect that from him. He's up and down. But Eckler, <laughs> they couldn't get him involved. And Not it, as it was just they wanted. Yeah, it was it was just Well to be honest. They, they like, deviated from Eckler and, and I think that kind of cost them because um, they were just slinging it. I, I don't think they deviated from Eckler. They gave him fourteen carries and he only managed thirty six yards. I mean when you you try and try, but fourteen carries is enough to try and get something going. But, but again, receiving this, them. But again, I mean, this, he he but, had four catches, which was what the joint highest on the team with Keenan Allen. But like like what we said though, like what we said earlier, this is his uh, ability to rush the ball was diminished because of that Raiders D line that was getting pressure on him and that was run stopping them. You know, Chandler Jones he did not show up as a pass rusher, but he showed up a few times as a guy able to disrupt the running game. Yeah, so, like, when you look at the two people key additions on the D line in this game. You look at a guy with Chandler Jones who got pressure, like you're saying, but then you got, had a guy who kept finishing at everything, and that was Khalil Mack with three sacks. Yeah, he 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 had a nice matchup for him, and also it's the defense that he's familiar with, and he just showed he, he's got that Chicago like sort of stank on him. We talked about Allen Robinson having like the Jags and Chicago stank on him. So does Khalil Mack. He's been there for a, a number of years now, but he's he's come back to the Chargers and he's showing he's still got the juice. I, I think he's got a, a bit between his teeth every time he plays the Raiders. So, can't blame him. 
I, I would be peeved as well if Gruden got rid of me. Um, and refused, <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, uh, who did he give a contract to um, instead of Kiel Mac? I can't remember. I'm not too sure. Not sure, mate. Not sure. But let's move on already. Let's let's uh, let's crack on and talk about um, the Minnesota Green Bay game. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. I wow. I surprising. So what are you guys doing? I really don't want to talk about this game. Oh, I, no, I, this I is really want to talk about this game. This is this is tasty. Aaron Rodgers just hating his rookie wide receivers and just hating his receivers in general. We talked about this. We were, we were watching the game, talking about it, and we were saying. He's not targeting his receivers. <laughs> there is a portion of the game he would only throw the ball to his running back or um, Tonyan, and that was it. And it hurt them, as you can see. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's n- not only did it hurt them, I felt like he didn't want to throw to his receivers after what happened with Christian Watson's drop. Um he, he was wide open though. That was a terrible play by Watson. He should have he should have trotted that in for a touchdown. But I feel like Aaron Rodgers was also making a point. I'm not happy with the receivers you're giving me. And I think that's why he was thrown elsewhere. And really, he he had probably one of his worst games I've seen for a while. Um, Whereas the Vikings probably had one of their best ever offensive performances with Kirk Cousins at helm. Maybe for the the first half again. Um, Things slowed Mm -hmm. down in the second half. Because obviously, like in the first half, Justin Jefferson was un uncoverable for this uh, Green Bay defense. Mm-hmm. But in the in the second half, they scored six points. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. the score uh, flatters Green Bay um, slightly, which Definitely. is which is kind of ri- ridiculous to say because the <laughs> Vikings um, absolutely dominated. Even Thielen was saying after the game that this was the first offense has been where they just keep attacking, 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 and don't let up. Um, and I'm excited to watch this Vikings team almost every week now based on that week one performance. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, They've already become one of the better looking teams. What excites me more than that offense, though, quite honestly, is their defense. And I know this it's, it sounds a, a bit ridiculous, but this defense looks a little bit tasty to me. Like their edge rushes, um, Daniel Hunter and, and Sedarius Smith. Yeah, but uh, Jordan Hicks, though. What a game. And Jordan Hicks. And... Uh, and the long-time serving um, Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith. We, talk, we, we were talking about him yesterday. We, we had a little call off, you know, off the podcast, obviously, while we were watching the games, and we just praising Harrison Smith. And Simon was like, this guy, he just seems like he's still uh, the same player who entered the league. He does. doesn't seem to have aged at all. Like He still seems as good as he was when he first first won the league. But I, I like that um, with this game as well, so Darius Smith had the bit between his teeth. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are some issues about him leaving <laughs> Green Bay, and he's made it clear he was very excited to join Minnesota so that he could play Green Bay twice a year. And this was his first uh, first chance of uh, having a go at them. Uh, and I don't then know if you saw that block, that half-hearted Aaron Rodgers block attempt <laughs> on him, um, which which obviously uh, he failed, but they have a, had some banter. So Rodgers could at least see through some of the red mist that he was seeing. <laughs> I mean, for me, what what looked really interesting was um, Jare uh, Alexander, Razul Douglas, and Eric Stokes. They were hyped, and I remember in the off season, people thinking, "Okay, is Green Bay got one of the de- best defensive back situations in the entire league with the three cornerbacks?" I don't even buy into that notion. I, I reckon well, Jare Alexander is one of the best in the league. Sure, 
the, the issue was though um, is that in the first half, especially Green Bay's defense were playing a, a zone cover free defense. Yeah. So they were they were playing quite deep off, not traveling with receivers. So they weren't they they weren't putting their rece- their defensive backs in good positions because you're asking lesser defensive backs to try and deal with Justin Jefferson, who's legitimately one of the better receivers in the league. But, but I reckon they were playing zone because they were scared of the explosion. But they didn't want to man their corners. It, it was so late in the game where is it Jer Jare Alexander? Um, they he was actually matched up against Justin Jefferson. By that time, time the game was gone. You and and that's to point. identify that at the start of the game. Because that's the point. In in the second half, Justin Jefferson didn't re- like he wasn't really there. He wasn't really present. And part of that was that they switched it so that Alexander was following him. So if they'd have just done that from the the get go, or, or you know after the first touchdown, I thought, all right, we'll switch it up and and having trouble with him. Yeah, this game could have been vastly different. Good foot. And not only that, what do you think of all the comebacks this week? Like, we briefly touched on it, but the amount of comebacks in this game, uh, week, Carolina, Cleveland, Saints game, Atlanta, obviously Atlanta, going to be involved, Colts, uh, Texans, Jags, Commanders, they all had, like, massive swings happening. But how many of these were due to bad teams? Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about Saints mm. in Atlanta because you know it's my team, and you know my boys got to win. We have to, yes, we do. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was another example of Atlanta. You know, choking historically as known for choking in the fourth quarter, like choking late in games. And this was a Super Bowl, yeah, yeah. And this was another example of it because, quite honestly, for the first three quarters of the game, they were controlling the game. They they were dictating how that game was being played out, and. I think it went into the last quarter, and I think the the scoreline was something like twenty six ten. I think when we mm. got into the when we got into the uh, final quarter, the, the game ends up being twenty seven twenty six. Two touchdowns to Michael Thomas in the last quarter, and the stat that really gets me is Jameis Winston in the last quarter was eleven for twelve and threw two hundred and fifty odd yards, and I'm just sort of like. How can Atlanta, who have done such a good job throughout the rest of the game, you know, limiting that Saints offense, how does it all go to pot in that fourth quarter? I don't know. I mean, Arthur Smith after the game, I just don't. He just blew his mind. I'm like, what is he doing? This is week one, and you're he's attacking the media. You didn't believe us in us. You didn't believe then. You're not <laughs> going to believe us now. We got 16 more games. We would round. I'm like, what? What is this defensive attitude? It's just one week, your team blew it, admit it, you blew it as a head coach, take it on the chin, but he's attacking the media. That never ends well. Um, uh, he's, he's a good coach, but... Yeah, but he's outstayed his welcome, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, the, the Falcons I will be so. rebuild mode. I'm sure they'll get someone new in. Draft, well, I'll say draft call, but they've already drafted Ridder. Um, they've entered rebuild. No, but they entered rebuild with Terry Fontenot as a GM and Arthur Smith as a head coach. That I, is I, the I, rebuild. I feel what, what my, my issue with them was, to be quite honest, though, is that their their receiving game, never like their passing game, never really got started. Yes, they were able to run the ball well, and yes, they were able to control the line, but as soon as the Saints started tightening up on that um, and stopping them running as, as effectively as they were, they, they didn't really have an answer in the air. Yeah, but do you, ex- do you expect anything different with the receiving cast they have? And let's face it, 
Marcus Mariota is a quarterback. Like, do you expect them to be a good passing they've, team? They've gone from Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts, and uh, Russell Gage as their you know trio with Cordero Patterson. Now they've still got Cordero, still got Kyle Pitts, but now they have Mariota instead of Ryan, and then Drake London instead of Russell Gage. That's Drake, a rookie. Drake yeah. London had a, an, an okay game um, for his first game in the NFL. I just feel like they they could have you know. Tried a little bit more, especially trying to get the ball to Pitts. I mean, he did get seven targets, so the Saints did limit him quite well. But still, well, Mariota limited him. <laughs> I, I think it's a problem. I, I think that's the Mariota experience. I don't think he's, you know, ever been renowned for being able to sling the ball around. He's more, you know, a running threat quarterback, which is what he's been in since he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. But Cordero Patterson, he looked, he looks feisty. I want to see him traded to a contender. No, yeah. I don't trust a contender to use him properly. I actually trust Arthur Smith <laughs> to use him how he has. Like, Cordero Patterson probably doesn't want to bounce around. It's what, has he signed that extension or is he signing an extension? He signed a, what, like a two-year deal or something like that, didn't he? can't remember now, but like, he shouldn't be leaving Atlanta. I fear, I fear we'll see an old Cordero Patterson if that happened. Well, anyway, the, the Saints, Jarvis Landy was a great addition. Uh, he signed a new two-year deal in the off-season, um, Cordell Patterson. Um, yeah, the Saints, you know, they made a lot of changes to their squad and their lineup. Jarvis Landry came in clocks. He seven catches on nine targets for 114 yards. Um, in the backfield, Marcus May and Tyron Matthew were making plays. I am looking forward to next week's matchup for the Saints, which is rare for me looking forward to the Saints match. They're, <laughs> they're pretty pretty vanilla in my opinion. Who are they um, playing? They're playing the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have come off from, you know, seamless transition here. Uh, they've come off from dominating uh, the Cowboys, which we didn't expect oh, them to dominate that much. Dominating the Cowboys dominate. is a bit, bit much. <laughs> Destroyed. <laughs> bit much. Demolished. Um, <laughs> they've humiliated the Cowboys. <laughs> Uh, sorry, we, sorry, Mister Seventeen and I. Sorry, we we saw weaknesses there though. The O line, Brady was getting rushed constantly. That's why they had to lean on Lombardi Lenny. Um, but I'm excited to see next week. Uh, can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get over their bogey team in the Saints? And and can the Saints actually? The Saints cannot afford to do uh, start how they did against Atlanta. Well, I think I think with the the matchup, what will what will be good is this is going to be two teams where their defenses are probably the better side of the ball at the minute. With, with Tampa Bay, their defense was phenomenal against um, against this Dallas offense. They they suffocated them. They they like basically enforced their will on them. Um, but yeah, my with this Tampa Bay team, the concern is now the Donovan Smith left tackle. Is out with an injury potentially. Don't know what what the like outcome of that will be. And as soon as that happened, their O line was great. They were already struggling with the um, D line from the the Cowboys. And then you're gonna you know have a Saints D line which should have been better than what it was against Atlanta. And it's gonna be tough for them. This Dallas team, I think we can all say though, is done, right? Yeah, they're cooked. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's very early to be like panic stations and with no, the Dax injury though. It's not it's not too early. <laughs> but with Dax injury, um they say that he 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 hurt his hand, didn't he? He he like I don't know if it's like broke his hand 
or something when he hit Shaq Barrett's helmet. Um, but it's it's multiple weeks. They say it's about eight weeks that he's going to be out after having surgery. Yeah, six to eight. I mean, if you're a Dalton Schultz, Ezekiel Elliott, fantasy owner like I am, <laughs> we're in the mud, guys. We're it's, the it's, mud. Not, it's not that bad for Zeke. He's, <clears throat> Zeke looked fine, to be honest. His demise has been greatly exaggerated. But him on his own in this offense is enough. Tony Pollard is just as good, maybe I'll Zeke, Zeke, Zeke did not look fine. Zeke did not look like the Zeke of old. Let's, let's not, not let's five years clear. ago, but I mean, if you're expecting Zeke of five years ago, then then you're mistaken. But he, he doesn't look, he doesn't look like he still looks like he believes he belongs in the NFL. Yeah, it, and I agree with that. He, you know, he, he can still be a productive running back, just he's not going to be an elite running back. Like before, he was talking <laughs> one of the better running backs in the league. He's not. He's not that guy anymore. He's just a, an average running back. But yeah, the, the, I, I'm concerned. I don't know who the, the Dallas's backup quarterback is. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Yeah, Cooper Rush. So, so it's not a nice situation for them. Well, <laughs> is it not a nice situation for CD Lamb? Everyone expected yeah. last year to be his breakout. It didn't happen. Everyone thought Omari Cooper being out of the building, maybe Kellen Moore would would feature CD Lamb. Yeah, and he was he was nowhere this game, and now it's like his his breakout is going to be postponed for another year. Yeah, it's concerning, but you know we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and see how they go. But they're they're done. The Eagles are too strong in their division as well, so they're done. Um, talking about running backs though that have made a great comeback. All things are looking good for your boy Saquon Barkley, aren't they, Sean? I thought you were going to go James Robinson, guys. Come on. Uh, no, but yeah, no. Saquon. Saquon, Saquon looked good. Saquon looked phenomenal. Um, he was on a mission. There were a couple of uh, vintage Saquon runs thrown into that unlikely but predictable Giants win, as <laughs> I, I predicted. Um, <laughs> but it, Daniel Jones, we... <laughs> Uh, me and oh. Simon were on the call uh, just uh, laughing ourselves at some of the mistakes that Daniel Jones was making. It was it was horrible. It was horrific. Like, I, it, I just it wouldn't be week one without a Daniel Jones fumble. I, I don't get right. I, I, I kind of do and I kind of don't like. So obviously when um, uh, Dable came into the Giants as the head coach I get that he's saying oh he doesn't want to like tear down the building to start off with. He wants to give everyone he a chance sort of thing. But Come on now. How are we still having the Daniel Jones experience in New York? I would rather start uh, to Rod Taylor uh, because the team is Saquon Barkley and just get just enough from your passing game. And <laughs> Daniel yeah. Jones is a net negative. Like they needed, like they won that game because Daniel Jones didn't completely Daniel Jones it. And then Saquon <laughs> did what he prime Saquon does from and, his rookie year. And, and, and let's be honest, the Titans didn't play up to the level that we uh, everyone was expecting them to. The Titans didn't look good in this game. It's I not... mean, at the, at the start, for the first half, I thought, okay, Titans are playing exactly how they should, controlling the game. It should be an easy win. I was I was sitting next to my brother watching this game and I was saying, how the hell did you pick the Giants? Why did you pick the Giants? <laughs> and then the Titans just blew it. They were up, but, what, 14, 13 nil. Thirteen three. Oh, well, yeah. There's more than that. Uh, no, I think. No. It was a. They were. Yeah, they were up thirteen nil, and then they lost it. 
But then, and that should that should be prime Derek Henry territory as well. That's what you you fear yeah. being down a couple of scores against the Titans. But I think, they I think with Derek Henry, he's still coming off his injury, and also he always starts off slow. He's he's a guy that he's more the mid-season Derek Henry is the one that you should be afraid of. You I don't think he was a problem. I, I really didn't think he looked like an issue in this game. He didn't look his old self. He didn't look like the Derek Henry that you're used to. And even like from the early season, Derek Henry's like the way you get in the first few games, he didn't look like that. He looked a step slower. So it depends mm-hmm. how much his injury like injured like hampered him. His backup though, um, Dontrell Hilliard, mm-hmm. in the passes game, he looked he looked great. Only had yeah. four targets, but caught three of them and two of them for touchdowns. Uh, sixty one yards as well. He was uh, I believe the the Kyle Phillips had sixty six of the highest in the team, but Dontrell Hilliard was um, second, and he was what joined second with a couple of people in receptions. He well. he he looked good, but I just want to I just want to talk about Saquon Barkley's stats for a minute because for me he should post this up on his wall. Eighteen carries, hundred and sixty four yards, one <sighs> touchdown, averaging nine point one yards per carry. Wasn't it a long of like seventy yards though? Yes. Hey. No, you know, like 50, it up. 54 yards or so. Um, but e- even in the receiving game, six receptions on seven targets for 30 yards. Hmm. Yeah, Saquon Barkley is uh, one of two running backs in the NFL who have managed over 150 rushing yards on less than 20 carries. Uh, the other being Derek Henry. This was <laughs> this was a great performance. And I, I don't... I, I hate this. You get rid of his long run, what does he do? You get rid of his worth run, what does he do? The fact is that he put 164 yards up on the ground, very receiving, and the, that big run contributed to the Giants winning. Yeah, and the, uh, he was a spark, right? He was the reason they won. But there's also... Kadarius Tony was in, interesting because he was sitting on the bench for a while, moping around, they weren't playing him. Then they introduced him, and he looked explosive. He, he did look to give him a little bit something, especially mm. on those jet sweeps. I think yeah. they gave him like two jet sweeps, and he, he made the most of them. The juice, um, yeah, rings was unreal. Then he's back he, in the doghouse. I don't think he got a catch there. I don't think he got a reception or no. a target. No. Which I, I'm a little bit surprised at that. But also, you know, you've got Daniel Jones as your quarterback. So even if you were getting looks, it's probably it's not really good to you. Yeah. Well, that, that's the problem as well. They don't it's trust the, him. They don't quite trust him. I don't trust any of their receivers, though. So, you know, it, I, I would it's try to Shepard. But yeah, well, nah, I get it. I don't trust Can we just them. say about the commanders and Carson Wentz experience? And Carson Wentz fans, he's Carson Wentz. He, I thought he looked great for the most part, and then he throws this silly is, picks. This is a Jaguars fan though, trying to like make it so that his team's loss wasn't as bad by going, "Oh, Carson, oh, no, Wentz, no, 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 no. Carson Wentz was good, guys. Listen, Carson Wentz, he's he's actually good." You know, he wasn't good. I mean, the Jags carry on shooting themselves in the foot, but that's yeah. what the Jags do. I, I, I messaged you and I said, every time I'm seeing this Jags Commanders game, I'm laughing because the Jaguars are just terrible. And it's mm. supposedly their best players as well. Trevor Lawrence had some <laughs> ugly throws. He missed a wide open Travis, Travis Etienne in the end zone on a wheel route, which should be completed by Carson Wentz even. Um, and Travis Etienne had a, a costly drop. On, was it fourth down? Yeah, um, fourth down and five. Fourth down, yeah. And, yeah. and that would have been a walking touchdown. It was it was ugly. 
The, it, mm. Even they, even they, like, they even a thirty-seven yard field goal missed to top it off as well. Even even the stat line, like, look at Trevor Lawrence. He completed twenty-four out of forty-two attempts. That's like almost half. That's terrible. Like, I mean, for me, the whole problem is why are you throwing forty-two times when your running game is working really well. Because they weren't using their running game. <laughs> yeah, and this is this you is know, the thing that frustrates me with the Jordan Robinson and Reed scheme. The 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 what is it? My uh, Frank Wright schemes. They just don't know how to utilize their running game. You, you've got a competent running back who can actually run the ball. He's demonstrated that he's a thousand yard rusher in James Robinson. And the times that I saw the game, he wasn't being given a chance to do what he does, which is run the ball. They just went away from him, and, and they I were think, leading at one point, twenty-two twelve. I think they were trying to. I think they were trying too much to to use Travis Etienne. I think they're like trying to justify the first round draft pick for him. Because I mean, Robinson... he, did, he, he did have four carries only for forty-seven but yards, which is great. Robinson looked good. He, Robinson looked like he was in mid-season form. Yeah, yeah. Robinson was your better running back. Like I don't care about you know four carries, 47 yards, whatever. Robinson, 11 carries, 66 yards, six yards average, and a touchdown. He's the guy that you want to hand the ball off. He's the guy that's going to pound your position. Whereas Travis Etienne's not that guy. He's your third down scat back. Play him as that. Yeah, and that's they came out wide with. if you have to. I wanted them to get... I want them to get both of those guys involved. But don't forget that James Robinson should be a, the number one way you score points. And Christian Kirk as well, six receptions on twelve targets. And I mean, for a guy were, that's been, for a guy bad that's been, throws to him. <laughs> but even still, the guy's getting money for a person that, even if the throws are bad, he should still be catching. His stat line <sighs> should be better than that. I mean, it, it, those, they were some, of those, some of those throws, prime Calvin Johnson wasn't catching any of those. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were bad throws. I mean, you look at it; wasn't he didn't drop anything. It was bad throws. I mean, they were off by a behind or too far no, ahead. No, I don't care that you're trying to, you know. No, they, I watched the whole game here. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't wasn't listening the problem. I'm not listening to this. You know, Christian. Uh, we're, we're done paid... with this game. We've we've gave it too much thought. Well, the the last thing to talk about it with, quite honestly, is how good uh, the rookie for um, the what the commanders played. Jahan Dotson, he he looked good as a red zone threat for them. Their receiver core is actually a little bit tasty. Mm. If Carson Wentz can play like up his level of play and get them the ball, but you've got Jahan and they all Dotson. bring some a difference. It's quite important to know that they all have their own skill sets. They they really do, and even even to the point that they've got. I mean, Antonio Gibson had a great day receiving, which was sh- shocking for me. But even Eight JD, targets. Eight targets, seven reception, seven seventy yards. But like JD McKissick's one of the best third down backs in the league, if not the best third down back in the league. But like you know, and they've got they have got a bunch of receivers. This this Washington team is actually a bit more stacked than what we probably gave it credit for. And I think with better quarterback play, it would be it would make them a more um, likable team to you know go further. But, but they're not going to be playing the Jacksonville Jaguars every week. Right. Instead, it could be Patrick Mahomes playing the Chiefs. Uh, sorry, the Cardinals, and making them look like his sons. But that's that's all I'm saying with that. Yeah, I'm not, we... I'm not claiming the Cardinals are all that. <laughs> we don't we don't need to talk about that. The Chiefs the Chiefs did Chiefs things. The Cardinals look terrible. I don't know. I, I just don't get 
the Cardinals at the minute. But we we have got to move on and talk about the most important awards in the NFL. And it's back. The unqualified players of the week. It's back. <laughs> this is what so, people well, are waiting for on their podcast. Well, you know, this is what the NFL players, I know that they're tuning in to listen to us tell which ones of them get these coveted awards. So, Shan, do you want to start us off? Tell us who wins your unqualified player of the week. I could go the easy route and take on Saquon Barkley. No one's gonna, no one's gonna bash me for that. I could go Lombardi Lenny. He had a great game, but I'm gonna go with Antonio Gibson, who we just talked about at the end there. He, <laughs> everyone was uh, saying this guy's cooked. This guy is not gonna be in the NFL. Yeah. Brian Robertson's taken his job. JD McKissick has also taken his job even from last year, and he rushed 14 times for 58 yards. But something you don't associate with Gibson was that he caught seven of eight targets for 72 yards. And we forget that this guy was a wide receiver before he was a running back. So he has the chops, but um, fumbling issues and also just the coaching staff, which I don't trust the Washington coaching staff, just haven't really found the right way to use him, I don't think. Uh, let, I, I like Gibson, but I want to see more. But this is exactly what I need to do week one. That's an interesting pick because he had a fumble as well. But yeah, his receptions were incredible. No, but I, I agree with it. He 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 was probably the commander's best player um, in a lot of ways, helping them move the ball. Sham, who are you picking? AJ Brown, easy. 10 receptions off uh, 13 targets. And he looked like the best player on the field. Like, I don't think it was close, right? If you, if you watch this game, um, he also finished with 155 yards. They've won that trade already. Like, what a steal it's become because Traylon Burks has got a lot to live up to with this connection between Hurts and Brown. Um, he's added a lot to this Eagles receiving group that was quite poor a couple of years ago. Um, and outside Devonta Smith, you did kind of worry about their receiver room. So AJ Brown solidified it, looked like the best player on the pitch. Uh, easy pick for me. And what was it? It ended up being a that's, close that's win. Fair. That's fair. Um, he he was uncoverable in certain regards for this Eagles team. Um, definitely probably their best player on the pitch, to be quite honest. Uh, I'm going to give mine to a guy who a lot of people didn't know what he'd be coming into this season because he's got that Chicago Bears stank on him. But Khalil Mack moves from the Windy City to the Sunset Boulevard of Los Angeles and goes and puts three sacks against his old team, the Los, Angeles, no, sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Khalil Mack had a great performance for me. Three sacks definitely dictated that game, helped that defense win. There were four premier pass rushes, and he was he stood out compared to all of them that game, and that's saying something. <laughs> Good analysis there, Sham. <laughs> I like that addition. I mean, <laughs> well, it's pretty easy when you got both the opposite side, but it's all about finishing. And um, they managed to do that, and the Raiders couldn't. That's what it came down to. That's all I could really well, say. I mean, hmm, it's interesting. Let's, let's move on and talk about. Let's move on and talk about the the other important competition that's going along with us this this season and talk about our lock battle, our pick battle. Yeah, do you want what, do you want an update? The this is, after most of week it's, one, it's embarrassing for me, guys. I must say, I'm, I I went, I picked the Lions. 
Not great. You're, you're dropping L's all week, is what, <laughs> I what we're Cowboys, saying. You're dropping L's all I week. The Cowboys over the Bucks. <sighs> oh, well, well, okay. I'm on five. Shams on nine. Tay, hey, you're on ten. That's an upset. An you, upset. You, you, you're on five, though. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Uh, he's doing his Five. best Dallas Cowboys impression. You know, <laughs> I, I, did, I did go off the grid quite a lot. And uh, I mean, I nearly went to the Texans he, as well. But He likes the narrative, though. He likes the narrative of, you know, coming back from behind. It's a narrative-driven I like the underdog story. story. For I like the underdog. Be, be the underdog. It's an upset that I'm beating Shannon, to be honest. I'll defend the reigning champion. Yeah. But, you know, I'll take it. That's a, that's a bombshell that we're going to end on today. So thanks all for listening. We'll be back again later in the week to talk about week two Slater games uh, and what we're looking forward to. Until then, we'll speak to you then. We'll see you then. Ciao. Let's stride.